Welcome, everybody, to HVAC On Air. My name is Pete Lee, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lindsay Hubbard. And if you've ever wondered what the opportunities were within the HVAC industry or how to attract a younger worker, today's episode is for you. Recently, we reached out to a young professional in the industry, Kevin Dura, to provide his experience and expertise on how he got into the HVAC industry and what it's like to be a young working professional in the HVAC world. And the great part about his story is that he's already making an impact and he already has a lot to say and share. So we reached out to Kevin and just asked him about his random happenstance and how he happened to get into this industry and what happened once he got into the industry to get more insight and his story. And it's a great story. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Kevin Dura. Uh, I'm Kevin Dura. I'm the sales supervisor for Crop Metcalf Services in the Washington metro area. So you're probably wondering what makes Kevin interesting. So let's check out his background a little bit. Right after high school, Kevin decided to join the U.S. Coast Guard, where he spent four years conducting search and rescue and law enforcement operations throughout the Atlantic Ocean. In 2009, he became a sales supervisor for a major U.S. retail chain and did that for three years before he decided he was ready for a change, but he didn't know where to look. This is a good one. Everyone laughs here. Um, I was 25, I think, and I showed up to work one day and... um, and I looked around, and everyone I worked with was five years younger than me, at least. And then there was the 40-year-old store managers. I'm just like, man, what am, what am I doing? And I was a manager at the time, but I just – I wasn't proud to tell people where I worked, or and I didn't feel like I had a career. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. I, I really had no idea. So I was sitting there, and I – I hopped on the computer at work and I Googled, you know, what's the fastest growing industry in the United States? And HVAC came up and I had no idea what HVAC stood for. That's heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. So I Googled that and it's like a heating and air conditioning. I said, okay, well, I, I can get behind that. So then I went on Craigslist and I started looking for job openings and I found some and I called, I called them up and I had an interview, and they asked me some questions, including what does HVAC stand for, and I knew the heating and air conditioning part, but could not tell them what the V meant. Um, I was like, you know, I just don't know what that V could possibly stand for. Is it heating burst air conditioning? I'm not sure. Um, But, you know, they hired me anyway, and they taught me everything I needed to know technical-wise. It's one of my favorite things about the industry is the hard part, we can teach you. It's the person that matters. Um, so that, I mean, that, that's how I got into the industry. I, I said I Googled it and said, okay, I'm going to go through that with my life. I didn't even know what it was, but here I am. I love it. Wow, what an amazing story. Someone that just Googled an industry and picked their career by just doing a search. I know. Well, what's really great and stuck out to me was how he had no experience. He, he had no technical skills. Yeah, I mean, he, he it's an industry that he was saying is it's about who you are. Mm-hmm. Which I think we often, in today's world, there's people that want to make these career moves, but they lack those technical skills and they feel a bit disenfranchised. And to hear that it really is about the person and their ability to learn and grow and eventually lead, that's very encouraging, I think. Right, and it makes HVAC an industry 
that's more open to a lot of different, especially younger people, rather than something that you have to have the trade experience first to to get into. Right. And what better way to learn than on the job? I mean, Kevin has a great story about that. It was hesitant at first, to be honest with you. I think um, when I when I originally came into the industry, I wanted to be a technician. Um, and I heard great things, you know, good pay. The hours are pretty steady. Summers get crazy, but, you know, you just decent work throughout the whole year. I said, that sounds like something I could do. I enjoy working with my hands. Um, with my sales background, though, they, they encouraged me to, to stay, to stick with the, the one strength in the industry that I did have, you know, and I, I knew how to do something. Um, so they, they had a long talk between themselves and came back in the room with me and, and, and they, they did say that they, they wanted to move forward, but they needed a commitment from me. I said, okay. And I said, well, we're going to invest a lot of time and effort and, and energy into you to get you up and running where you need to be. We need to know that this is serious for you because I was, I mean, I was, I was not an entry level person, but I was going to have to come into an entry level job. I went from making $65,000 a year to making $10 an hour. My first day I was picking up cigarette butts out of the parking lot. Um, but they, they did. And they, they, they really put a lot of time and effort into me. And I, and I found this to be a common theme through different companies throughout the industry that they'll do that. They, there's, they have, for the most part, I haven't found people who have an issue of, of really dedicating time and effort into someone to get them up and running and teach them that technical knowledge and, and, and rely on their natural strength to, to move forward in the industry because there's nothing, there is no, no single strength that isn't used in this industry in one aspect or another, whether you want to be a technician or a sales guy, if you want to be in operations, running big teams, every job in the world is in the HVAC industry. It's not just turning wrenches and dealing with refrigerant charges. There's a lot to it. Right. So when they had you out in that parking lot on day one, let's talk about that a little bit. So the process, you, you clearly had to come in and, and, and demonstrate that you were, you know, you were serious about this and you weren't just going to take off if things got difficult at the beginning because you didn't know what you were doing. Um, did, were you taught the, were you taught from the ground up? Like literally this is how the warehouse works. This is what techs work. This is how everything, or what's the process? How'd they go about training you, teaching you? What was that investment of time and money into you? It was a pretty small company I started with, but they had me work in every single division with someone at first, and then it made me be that person for a while. So at this first company, like I said, my first day I was picking up cigarette butts out off the, the ground and I was really thinking like, holy crap, what did I do? <laughs> I went from being a sales manager to picking up cigarette butts out of a parking lot. I don't even know the people who smoke these cigarettes. Um, and then, you know, that same day they had me scrapping metal and with the warehouse guy, he was a big bear of a man. You know, he believed in teaching people the hard way. So, you know, the first day my hands were cut to the bone with coil rash and all this other stuff. Um, but, you know, by the next week I was working in accounting, learning how the, the financials of the business operated. And the following week I, I was the accountant while the accountant was on vacation. It was really trial by fire. And I, uh, after that, they had me running dispatch. And then I think the second month I was doing sales the whole month. 
at one point or another, I, I was really doing every single aspect of the business um, other than being the owner. So it was, I, I got to learn how it works from every angle. And then they, and then they told me I could choose. Um, okay. You've seen everything now. What do you want to do? So I, I got a huge benefit there. And, um, I, I don't know if that level of freedom is typical. I, I think in smaller companies, it's easier to have that. In, in a bigger company, you're more likely going to be given a path. And you can certainly go into go into any part of the larger company and get your foot in the door. And if you want to sidestep and go a different route, by all means, you'll be able to. But it may not be forced upon you. I mean, for instance, at Crop Metcalf, we're not going to ask a you know, a, a new technician to go work in accounting for a week. He'll sit with accounting for a day, though, to see how it works. But we're certainly, you know, most likely not going to give him the option to be an accountant his second day or his second week of work. You'd have to go to school and, and learn that. But there's definitely a lot of freedom here and in the industry as a whole. The encouraging part of Kevin's story is that it demonstrates how the HVAC industry and trade industries as a whole serve as a great equalizer. No matter what level of formal education one may have, all are welcome and all have unlimited possibilities. I dropped out of high school. Uh, I was officially a freshman. I had been going to school for about two and a half years when I dropped out. No, I, I didn't have a problem with the uh, with the material or anything. I just had a problem with going. Um, <laughs> and, and and that's I think another reason I've really found a, a home here is the every every day is dynamic. Um, one of our dispatchers has a great line when things are going terrible. He goes, man, this is such a fluid industry. And it really is. I mean, it, it, every day can be a completely different day. You might have the same job title for five years. Um, you know, every day, you never know what you're going to expect. Even if you have it mapped out, that's not what's going to actually happen. I guarantee it. Clearly, Kevin has had a really positive experience in the HVAC industry. So we wanted to ask Kevin, what would you say to a younger version of yourself, someone who has just dropped out of high school and trying to figure out where they're going to go? Yeah. There's so many opportunities out there that no one will ever tell you about. Um, and, you know, unless you're already involved in that world, you'll never hear about it. Like I said, I didn't even know what the V and HVAC stood for. It's ventilation for anyone who's wondering. Um, I know that now. It took me about two years. Um, but there's, there's so many different things you can do and, and that you're not going to learn by sitting in a classroom, by all means, you can accelerate your learning by going to spe- you know, specialized schools and trade schools. And that's a great way to get started. But if you're like me and you can't sit behind a desk and learn something, there's so many different opportunities. And HVAC is a great one where you can start a job and you learn with a wrench in your hand, or you learn going out and talking to people like I do with sales, or you can apprentice under any aspect of the business. Uh, I think the trade industry as a whole is phenomenal for those people who you know, don't necessarily love school or don't necessarily have the greatest plan in life. You're going to learn skills that you can get a job anywhere in the world, not just the country. This is stuff that has to happen. Um, otherwise, the world doesn't work the way we know it, the way we know it. Right, and you could have a, a, luke, a possibly more lucrative career than someone who has gone to school and hasn't necessarily learned an actual skill. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know a lot of a lot of people who went to school and they went to school for one thing and they're doing something else, and 
You know, they're making maybe as much money as some of our techs. Maybe not. Um, but everyone I know who went to HVAC is still in HVAC, and none of them are going hungry. Thus far, Kevin has pointed out a lot of the positives about the industry as a whole and everything he's been able to learn. But as a fellow veteran, I was most curious about the leadership and teamwork. And does it at all compare to what he experienced during his time in the Coast Guard? You know, I, I'd done, I've been in the military myself, and so I, I ask you this question kind of on a, and you know, knowing we both understand kind of where this question is coming from at a deeper level. But in the military, you know, leadership is, is, is job number one. You know, there's, you have everything else, but that's job number one. And the people that you're leading demand it out of you, and you demand it from those that are leading you, right? It's kind of unforgiving almost in many a way. Oh, yeah. There's, there's no leniency there. No, none. It's either there or it's not. There's there's not a lot of middle ground. And the importance that's put on it is almost a daily occurrence. I can hardly remember days in my time in the military where it wasn't discussed in some form or fashion. Um, For sure. With, it, you know, do you see that kind of, do those conversa- do you have those kind of conversations with the people you're with? Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, last year for 12 months, we had leadership training once a month, all day long. Um, and helping us all reinvent ourselves as leaders, whole new mindset shift that we all kind of embodied. And, and we, we knew it was inside of us, but we didn't know we, we weren't all speaking the same language. So, um, we, we found a program that worked for us and it kind of brought us all together. We we're all moving roughly in the same direction, but now we're all running in the same exact direction um, as far as leadership and mindset goes. And then, you know, the longer you're in the industry, and again, I've only been in for three and a half years, but um, I, I've gotten to meet a lot of people in different companies and, and even similar industries uh, you know, that we work with. And absolutely, there's idea sharing when it comes to leadership. There's those friendly reminders. You know, I got a, a phone call from a guy the other day and he just, he, he called me up and said, Hey, you know, I, I wanted to talk to you about something else. Okay. What's, you know, what's going on? And he said, yeah, I really screwed up. And he, he gave me the details and, and what he did. And he knew exactly what he did and he didn't need to hear it from me, but he wanted to make sure I didn't make that mistake. Um, and, and I really, I really appreciated that phone call and that stuff happens all the time in this industry. Um, yeah, I, I Again, being in the military, I learned leadership. I've learned different leadership styles. Uh, I've learned now that they don't necessarily all work <laughs> in, the, in the civilian world. Um, but, uh, you know, there's something to be taken from all of them, for, for sure. Um, but, you know, the, being able to see different people's point of views and, and techniques and styles and, you know, in this industry, just like any others, and including the military, there's good leaders and not so good leaders, but there's something to learn from all of them. As we were listening to Kevin, we realized that leadership is obviously very important. But what we wanted to know was, okay, now how do you act on that? How do you make that happen in your everyday experience? Well, we had an existing sales contest when I was here, and um, well, when I was uh, just a, a, when I was a salesman here, and it, it was good. It was a pretty normal sales contest. But it wasn't something, it didn't really motivate people. And anyone who's in sales knows that it, you know, it's relatively consistent. And there's the, there's the big dogs and the, and the guys just starting out and stuff. And it can be really hard to compete that way. 
even if I have the best month of my career, it might be, you know, not even close to the worst month of the best guys. So to kind of, I'm big on team and team efforts and, and utilizing the people around you to help you grow. So for me, sales contests in any contest, we're actually doing this company wide now. Uh, we're, we're developing how to do it. But what we did is we structured teams into our, what, what we used to call a sales team, but it wasn't really a sales team. It was just a group of guys who were in sales. Um, and now we are creating those teams to, to, to give those junior guys direct access to those top guys and kind of have motivation for those top guys to help out those junior guys rather than being defensive and territorial. You know, now there's a benefit for them to really share and impart that knowledge that they gained through years of hard work or just natural ability. And, and we found that it's incredibly beneficial. You know, you'll find natural mentorships and things like that just develop over time, but when you can foster those relationships and really kind of speed them up and give them the, the direction that you need them to go in, it's amazing. Um, so then, you know, to have a, a rock star, top five in the country sales guy teaching the guy that's been doing it for two weeks, for one thing, it, it helps my, my load. You know, I'm not having to bring a guy from, from zero to 60. I've got a whole team surrounding him. I mean, we can get this guy moving fast. And not just my opinion on the best way to do it, but guys who are out there doing it every single day with proven and practiced techniques. It's the most effective way. And now we're seeing it throughout the company working the same way, um, motivating those people who've been doing this for a long time or who really excel at it to help others. And it also just it's a great bonding. It, we've seen a, a huge growth in the people looking out for each other. Um, and no more, oh, that's not my job. We're not seeing that a whole lot. We're seeing a lot of team cohesiveness, even, even cross teams. You know, just everyone's ready to help each other. I, mean, I really like that. By now, surely a lot of our listeners are wondering, where do I find someone like Kevin or how do I get a Kevin? And often in our media today, we hear about how this so-called millennial generation doesn't want to work. That's far from the case. It's just a different way of working and a more open and trusting way of working. Right. And I think that the younger generation is looking for some clarity. They want, they want to take away the ambiguity of figuring out how to create a career for themselves. Exactly. exactly. We grow up and we've, we've seen countless examples of, of companies failing of industries failing and being told, don't worry about it, just work hard, you'll get what's coming to you. The key is to show the younger generation what that path is and show them that there is a place at your company. So the question is, how do you do that? How are you going to recruit more people like yourself and how are you going to recruit a younger crowd? You know, the people that do see the, the other comfy jobs that you're talking about, you know, jobs where you don't have to sweat or jobs that are around would are perceived to be the only jobs surrounding technology and people not wanting to be left behind. What's your, what would your advice be if the recruit people that do the recruiting for your company said, how do we hire more people your age and younger? Show them the way. Give them a path. A direct career path. You know, if, if, if you could have your org chart sitting right out in front of you, you know, I want to be able to walk up to that org chart point to a box and say, how do I get there? And I want that path to be mapped for me. And I know that may sound selfish in the entitlement part of this generation, but I want to know what do I, what do I need to achieve 
to get there. Now, in the past, in this industry and in others, it's always been, oh, well, work harder, work harder, do whatever your boss says. But no, I, I, I want to know, okay, what are my milestones? You know, especially my generation and younger, I grew up on video games. I knew exactly what I needed to achieve to get to that next level or, or you know, to beat that boss, whatever it was. I knew what I needed to do. So give me that information. Make it, make it clear for me that if I do X, Y, and Z, I'm going to get that. And that's what I want. I think that's the, that's the big fear going into the trade industry. No one knows what it is. And if you don't know what it is and you don't know how to get to where you want to be in that thing that you don't know where it is, that just makes it even worse. C- clear development paths, you know, career plans, whatever you want to call them. But you got to show people that this is an industry just like any other, just like computers, like retail, like anything else. Um, a, a career growth path is, I think, a key factor in recruiting anyone from my generation into any job. Um, it was one of the big issues I had coming into this industry. I didn't know what I had to do to get there, to, to where I wanted to be. I didn't even know where I wanted to be because I didn't know what was available to me. Um, luckily, I stuck with it, and, and I've, I've been given that information. Did, did someone ever sit you down and do that for you, or no? You have to be no. Um, it's, it's something that we're now doing as a company. Um, there's been a couple of us who've been pushing for that for, for a couple of years and, and we're, we're doing it now. So every single person in this company has a, a direct career path to stay in the line that they're in and also, you know, to encourage lateral movement. And one of our most veteran dispatchers decided that she didn't want to be a dispatcher anymore. She's okay. I want to do something different now. I've, I've, I've won. I beat this. Give me, give me something different. She didn't necessarily want to move up. She's got kids. She didn't want more responsibility. She just wanted something different to do. Um, so we set that up and we, we made that work. And it was kind of the trial by fire. You know, go do this. See how you like it. Go do this. See how you like it. Okay, pick. Um, and she did, and she loves it. And now she's absolutely happy. And, and guess what? She's crushing the new position she's in, just like she was her old one. Um, so I, I think giving people that that option to grow and, and, and do different jobs and things is huge for for my generation, but really for anyone. No one wants to feel like they're stuck where they are. There's a lot of talk about an aging workforce, and there's the number that's thrown out is 40,000 less uh, graduates from trade schools than are required for HVAC. Do you feel, do you as an organization, do you personally notice any shifting in the age of, you know, this new quote generation? Actually, inverted commas is something I hear British people say instead of quotes. I think it's pretty cool. I might start saying that. Um, <laughs> you know, have you have you noticed anything such as like a, a a trend of less people coming in, or you're strapped for training technicians, or anything like well, that? Yes, um, but I know a lot of local people are having that problem getting new people, and also getting new people to stay. Um, you know, most of the the real senior experience. That, that number is correct. They're coming up on retirement. The guys that know how to work on everything, um, they're leaving. And uh, you know, a lot of the middle ground guys aren't quite to that senior level or they're highly specialized in, in certain types of equipment. Um, and, you know, the new guys, it takes a long time to become a quote-unquote senior technician in this industry. Um, you know, with, with enough work and the right opportunity, it can be done relatively quickly, but still, I'd say five years is going to be your minimum to become 
really comfortable working on anything. Uh, and with this new new generation, we're not necessarily people not necessarily seeing people stay five years, um, uh, two years. Uh, it, it's it's hard work, especially in the field. It's 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 a lot of work, and you know, when you start off, I mean, that's what you're doing. You're starting off. You're you're building. You're building a career. You're not jumping into the middle of it. Kevin reminds us that a lot of hard work is obviously involved in this industry. But one other thing that he mentions later on is that you have to keep up with emerging trends. So how are they working on doing that right now? Oh, it's insane. I, I've got from my cell phone, I can control I think 20 or 30 of my customers' systems from my cell phone. Now, I'm not talking about my own system. But if they call me and say they have an issue, I jump on my cell phone and I can see exactly what their system is doing. I've got sensors on every air passageway, on all the refrigerant, on everything. Um, I can jump on my computer and it'll you know, show me pictures of what's going on in the ductwork. It's, it's amazing. Um, you know, People can control their, their thermostats from their cell phones. There's voice-activated ones. There's... Everything's wireless now. I mean, even in the three years I've been in the industry, the technology has changed at least 10 times. I've had to go to classes, and uh, luckily they're interactive because I don't do classes too well. We talked about that. But, you know, I get to actually look at this stuff, um, and it, it's just it's constantly changing technology. It's amazing. You have to know how to use this stuff before consumers really even learn about it. I've learned that perfectly. I have to, I have to be fully capable of using it, talking about it, knowing everything about it, before the consumers even know that it exists. Um, so it's you have to learn very, very quickly because as soon as it exists, they want to sell it. So it's, it's sometimes it can be very quick learning curves, but you know, they change it. They don't sit, and they, they all end up doing the same thing, providing comfort. You just have to figure out how this one does it a little bit different. So that's a lot of information that we've gathered in this episode and learned from Kevin. So let's kind of do a recap. What do you, what were the big big takeaways for this? Well, for me, it was how much career opportunity there really is. I had no idea. In addition to that, just the personal growth and the interest taken in leadership on a day-to-day basis. I thought that was fascinating. What about yourself? Um, I'd have to say the dynamic landscape and really the growth of technology in the industry was really interesting. And I learned a lot about how that's changing. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I know. I want to kind of go learn from him now. Right? So, <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for today. We appreciate you tuning in. We really hoped you enjoyed it and maybe even learned something. So please subscribe to iTunes. Follow us. Um, tell your friends about it. Be our friends. We hope to hear from you. Just tune in for the next episode. As always, please visit AC Heating Connect. That's www.ac-heatingconnect.com for answers to any HVAC questions you may have. And if your question hasn't been asked or answered, leave it. We'll try to get to it on a future podcast. Maybe we'll write an article about it. Additionally, if there's any topics you'd love to hear us talk about, leave that feedback. We'll see what we can do. And on that note, here's one last thought from Kevin. Um, there's, there's one tip that I learned recently, and I think it's been one of the most positive effects on my life as a whole. And I, I, I would encourage everyone else to, to buy into it a lot quicker than I did. Um, for years, I hid in this industry and really every other industry I was in. You know, I never wanted to go outside of my company. I never wanted to meet anyone else. I never wanted to hear anyone else's opinion other than my company. 
you know, my boss. My boss knows how to do it. I'm going to do it his way. Or my boss's boss. Or, you know, I, I never wanted to network. I never wanted to get get outside of that realm. I always figured they would just do it for me. You know, they'd go figure out the best way to do something. And they would just tell me how they wanted it done. So I really found in the last several months that, yes, that will happen. And you'll be fine if you do it that way. But it's amazing how much better you'll be if you take the time and network and get to know the people, your peers in, in, within the industry and even similar industries. And just be open and honest with them. I mean, don't share you know, company secrets or anything, but there's certainly best practices that can be shared and they're harmless to share you know, organizational skills, time-saving methods, how to deal with people. Leadership is it is imperative that you have someone outside of your company who's familiar with your industry that you can bounce ideas off for how to lead your team. Um, been the most beneficial thing to me in the last couple months. Um, again, I'm 29. I'm the youngest person on the sales team, but I'm a sales supervisor. So that's an issue for me every day. I lucked out. I have a fantastic team who has been more than, than welcoming to me. I mean, I've worked with them for years, but network as much as you can possibly network and be open and honest. And if you're shy, you're not a people person, whatever it is, just do it anyway. Talk to your boss, find out who you should know, and go know them. One way or another, go find them and know them. And it'll be a huge benefit to you.